Phil, that was Swami Tiagananda, a brilliant man. And, and think about it, uh, for him to get the appointment he has as the uh, chaplain at uh, Harvard and uh, uh, MIT is, uh, you know, probably, probably a lot of people would like that position. I think he was the first Hindu. Oh, no, no, wait, wait. He's the Hindu chaplain. They have a bunch of chaplains. For oh, I thought, yeah, okay. Makes sense. But uh, and I, I would think now with a lot of Indian students, uh, a lot of Asian students in, at MIT and Harvard, that, that uh, you know, he has uh, a lot of students that he deals with. Yeah. Uh, very scholarly. Uh, and I, I thought his, uh, much of what he said, uh, he was dealing with very complex matter. And I thought he articulated it in such a way that it was extremely understandable. So you know, uh, that's exactly what you want when somebody's speaking to college students. You know, the lineage he's from that uh, was started by Swami Vivekananda, in the, who was a disciple of Ramakrishna. They have a history now for 120 some odd years of, um, or more, of um, training swamis who are very astute and very learned and very uh, grounded in the Vedantic literature. Mm -hmm. uh, at, at least the ones I've met mm -hmm. fill that bill and the ones that come to America and run the Vedanta Society centers maybe you know have a, a also a very uh, a good command of english uh, and um we've had now that's our third swami from that lineage on the show i've met any number of them i've been to bellarmut uh, outside calcutta three times which is where they train uh the the, the monks and it's a beautiful big almost mm -hmm. a university like campus only it has you know mm -hmm. temples and shrines and um and it's also you know a a, a university of, of sorts and um big emphasis on knowledge and understanding so the book we talked about looking deeply i only had a chance to <laughs> to not look deeply but I'm looking forward to, to diving into it because it's a, it's a, it's, I didn't realize it when he sent it to us, but it's, um, we talked about it. It's um, his translation and commentary of a classic work by Shankara. Yeah. You know, yeah. Very I, and, I, and I think he made a, 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 a good, good explanation of why he did the translation. Uh, by, by the way, for some of many of our listeners who might be, uh, not familiar with that lineage. Uh, you talk about Vivekananda uh, quite extensively in your book, American Veda. And, yeah. and I think he was really the first Swami, if I recall from your book, uh, to come to the United States, uh, to Chicago, That's what, 1890-something right. for the Bingo World Conference of Religions? Yeah. 1893, he came to speak at the Parliament of Re World's Religions and stayed a few years and then came back for a short visit but as he was he set the template mm -hmm. i always say he's the jackie robinson of uh american veda 
uh-huh. <laughs> all the barriers and set yeah. the template. And, you know, uh, 1893, <laughs> you know. That's a, way, that's a ways back. Uh, so, so much. And, and again, you get into this in American Veda. You know, if you use the word karma, dharma, any of those things in the States now or in Europe, uh, people, you know, okay, they have an idea of what you're talking about. Uh, not back then. It was hey, all new. 1893, you know, most Americans hadn't even met a Jew. Yeah, exactly. Even, you know, your ancestors may not have come yet, you know. Right. No, I think they came right after the turn of the century, you know, like 1910, around that period of time. So that was, that's so way back people there. People were discriminating against Catholics. Right. In those days, let alone Hindus. Right. So it's, it's amazing that uh, maybe because it was so foreign, they felt no threat from it. You know, the well, no, some people did whatever. feel a threat, but not the same kind of threat because, you know, there wasn't a wave of immigrants coming right. at that time. But but uh, people did. Uh, res- mm-hmm. It were you know, two reactions. One would have been like the equivalent of people like us who said, hey, you know, let's go hear this guy speak. And, right. You know, right. Thing. And, oh, I heard he's great. And uh, maybe we can learn something. But the, there were others, especially conservative Christians, who thought he was doing the devil's work. And right. So, in some ways, things have changed. In some ways, they haven't. That's uh, let right. me let me ask you this: uh, I have been to uh, the Vedanta Center, as I mentioned in the interview, uh, near Santa Barbara, in that area. Beautiful, beautiful facility set in the 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 the, the hills there, surrounded by trees. Very, the feeling of lively silence. Uh, uh, quite profound, like I've experienced in a number of monasteries from uh, di- different traditions. Uh, but uh, as I recall, and you would know more, uh, much of the, what they have there is a library of literature, of books uh, from their tradition. Uh, and I don't know I, if they run much in the way of instruction and in spiritual practices. Oh, sure or, they do. Uh, yeah. Some of that must go on there. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. It's a, also a very complete um, library. It's also a convent. Right. It's run by their nuns. The, the women, uh, women monks live there, uh, uh, nuns. And we had one of them on the show. Yeah, uh, of Roger Prana, and uh, early on in, in our existence. And uh, she's American. Um, and they, but the Vedanta Society centers uh, in the in more urban settings, like the one here in LA, right. which is legendary, there's one in New York, actually two in New York, and um, Boston, where Swami Tiagananda is. These are urban centers that are little sanctuaries, but they have ongoing instruction and ongoing, uh, you know, service to their uh, devotees and community and to the public. You know, lectures and Sunday morning things, other evenings during the week, courses, workshops. So it's a, it's an ongoing institution, and it's lasted all these years. I mean, Swami Vivekananda set up the very first one in New York in the 1890s, and mm-hmm. uh, it's not in the same location anymore. But then you know, there's there's centers everywhere, right? And I, I'm sure in his book that you can find on our uh, website, uh, we, we'll post all that out, information about those centers and, and, and what they do and where they're located will be available. They're worldwide. 
And, One of the uh, interesting yeah. things is um, the this the book we were talking about is used to be called the Crest Jewel of Discrimination, and uh, Swami Tiagananda prefers the word discernment because of the overtones for of right. discrimination. But that quality, which in Sanskrit is is viveka, of discernment. Of, of the mind, of intellect, is a really important quality on the spiritual path. And many uh, teachers uh, don't give it the value that right. it should have. You know, and, 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 and in that, in the Vedantic tradition, discernment means, you know, a lot more. It's much, much more acute faculty than just... Right understanding something right right you know you know he made the point and i thought it was a a, a point well taken by us is about uh you know the importance of having a teacher and i think sometimes uh, in sort of the world of what we now call new age where people that are interested in in in, in um contemporary forms of spirituality uh there's this idea it's very like spirit spiritual spirituality is like an amorphous blob it's just you know, there's nothing to really know. It's just some experience that hits you. Whereas I think uh, in the, the tradition that uh, uh, Swamiji uh, represents, discernment, discrimination, the developed intellect, very, very important. Because yes, let's have that experience, even that experience of being, of the absolute, which is ineffable. But at the same time, let's really understand it in every possible way, from every angle. And let's, uh, and, and, and this is the Vedic tradition. Uh, yeah. You know, and and uh, the systems of, of Indian philosophy, and and uh, let's be able to articulate it and explain it, and I think that's important in in, in handing it down from gener generation to gener generation. So so I think that uh, what he he presented is quite profound and important for those that are interested <clears throat> in spiritual development, which yes, you can make an argument is everyone, and it's it's a very paradoxical situation because. Um, the the teachers who are saying you don't need teachers are teachers <laughs> yeah. and and people come to them because they presumably know more than they do we need you know people who know more than we do and the best of the teachers the best of the gurus uh teach you in such a way that you become more and more self-sufficient and less and right. less dependent on them Right. That's the job of a teacher, just like it's right. the job of a parent to raise you so that you can eventually go out on right. your own. You know, right. so we need them. Yeah, great, great, great guest. I I hope to have him back up on again. Perhaps Phil, I don't have a copy of the book in front of me. If you could hold it up again to see it and uh, looking deeply. And let's not forget a basis for all of our uh, interviewees, especially those from Asia. Uh, uh, Phil's book, American Veda. Uh, and also we want to mention, as long as we're mentioning his books, his book on uh, Yogananda. So all of that available, all that. Over my up. shoulder here. Over here, um, right back here. And, and uh, yeah, we're going to have some, uh, uh, later in the year, we'll have a, uh, a, a uh, guest or two to talk about Yogananda because it's the... Great. 50th anniversary of autobiography uh, of a yogi coming up. 
uh, a book Not that's seventy fifth, seventy fifth. Many, many, so, many, many people we know. So and uh, listeners, click that subscribe button. Yeah, subscribe by the whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, please do that. And uh, spiritmatterstalk.com, go there. Help keep us on the air. Uh, we are your contributions will be greatly appreciated. Uh, and uh, those that have given, we want to thank. Uh, we're not a nonprofit. It's not a donation. It's a contribution. But it keeps us going. And uh, I think our, our, our archives have great value. And we have close. We're moving in on 300 interviews uh, in those archives and available and free to people worldwide. And we get emails from all over the world. So people are listening and we want to keep it going. Hundreds of years from now, people will be listening and Hundreds. saying, oh, this might, this was a great contribution to humanity. <laughs> no, I wasn't alive then to contribute is what they'll think. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, Phil, okay. until next time. Next time. All right.